Welcome to the Blue Fire Digital Network. Welcome to another episode of the War Is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, talk about the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. My name is Zachariah, and I am your host. Once again, uh, no Hunter. I'm not sure when he'll be back, but eventually the plan is for him to be back. So uh, you're stuck with me again today. Uh, our scripture for today comes from John chapter 5, verse 24. Truly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. Our guest for today is Jordan from the band Immortal Construct. Welcome, Jordan. How's it going? It's an honor to have me. I really appreciate this opportunity. I am excited. Uh, I I saw you guys promoting even before you had released uh, Revelation. Is that the first single you guys put out? And yep. I saw that you had the guy from For Today doing the... Uh, the production and i'm like okay that that's this might be interesting and yeah i heard a little bit of that for today flavor in revelation mm -hmm. but it in genesis which i didn't realize how short a song <laughs> that was <laughs> i i clicked on it and i'm like oh it's a minute long okay but like that it was a minute of musically it it sounded like for today you could have mm. taken that and dropped it into a for today album and <laughs> no one would think anything of it vocals yeah. a little bit different uh more highs than what maddie montgomery would typically do not mm -hmm. that he, you can't he'd sprinkle them in here and there but mm -hmm. still solid vocals and different but not bad in any way it just it really gave me the for today vibes especially that that uh really heavy bass drop right in the middle of the song that was like mm. okay that's a for today bass drop <laughs> <laughs> that's funny bro um so yeah, Genesis, that song specifically was mixed and mastered by Ryan Lichoux. He's He was in Four Today and he's currently in Nothing Left. Um, our first single, Revelation, that one was not um, oh, okay. done by him. So that okay. was from another local studio um, out of Sacramento called Rapture Recordings. Gotcha. And they do good work too. Um, but when we were presented with the opportunity to work with Ryan, that's like a dream come true, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for real. I guess that uh, would explain why this one sounds more like for today. Like I can feel the the influence a little bit in the, mm -hmm. the writing in the other one, but no, like even I was listening to it and I'm like the guitar tones and everything just sound like for today, guitar tones and everything, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. That they are an influence of ours for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on your Spotify, when it lists influences, that's, that's the first one that comes up. So I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obvious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan's a great dude to work with, so we're really happy we had that opportunity to to do so. Um, but yeah, man. Um, this whole music thing's been a trip to be able to get back in into it because we kind of took a a hiatus from music for about <laughs> like ten years. Um, but yeah, Immortal Construct kind of formed toward the end of 2019, early 2020, with just a uh, me and my old bandmate, Ethan, uh, we were in a Christian metal band back from like 2006 to 2011. Um, 
it was a lesser known band from the Bay Area called As He Wept. And it was just kind of a play on the verse Jesus Wept, just the shortest verse in the Bible. And yeah, that was a trip, man. Just very classic old metalcore. <laughs> um, sounds real cheesy to me when I listen back to it nowadays, <laughs> but I still, me and Ethan have a genuine nostalgia and a love for like old metalcore. So there are going to be elements that pop up with our uh, new band, Immortal Construct. Um, we are a big like mishmash of different genres. So Revelation and Genesis, the, those two songs that are out right now just give such a small <laughs> kind of picture of what our sound is. Um, the EP is a little more cohesive, but the songs that we already have written that are going to release later on after the EP even take a different turn. So it's interesting. I think it will keep the attention of people who enjoy different genres as well. But it's just, we're ultimately just having a lot of fun making music again. Yeah, it's, it is making music is a challenge, but mm. absolutely worth it. It's, it's, it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of God's greatest gifts to people is just the outlet of music, being able to artistically express emotion, uh, paint pictures, tell stories. Um, it's just so cool to feel and read a different emotions and what people have gone through or what's important to others like things like that it's just it's really cool so it's easy to worship god even even in the midst of like let's say i don't know maybe it's a controversial opinion but if a song isn't that per se glorifying to god i can still see and recognize the talent that he's given to people that we can be like dude that's an awesome skill and god gave that to you whether you realize yeah. it or not <laughs> yeah <laughs> So you guys, Mortal Construct, then formed about the same time that Blue Fire Horizon did because we, I suppose if you want to get technical, we the, our first full lineup was in November of 2019. Okay. Um, so not to be like, well, what took you so long? But like, what, what was the process <laughs> from it being from forming in 2019 and then just finally releasing music in 2022? Yeah, so this whole band like started as a passion project um, because me and Ethan were from a band originally together. Toward the end of that band, we were all broke, like high school students. Like we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have money. We worked at like Target, like things like that, where we're just really starting to get our lives together. I guess um, so. We weren't fully invested in pouring in to our music at the time and then just from eternal or internal like member issues and whatever the band just ended up kind of falling apart and we had a lot of unreleased music that we never got to record um so that's kind of how immortal construct started as uh ethan and i were just like dude we had some stuff that we were like proud of that we enjoyed playing live but we never got to record so we just said let's just do it ourselves so <laughs> we started buying like proper equipment since we have like big boy jobs now i guess <laughs> and um it just started from there and it's really funny looking back at a song that's gonna be released on the ep in the future like we have the first like original versions of like 
what it sounded like when we recorded in 2019 and it just sounds like complete trash compared to like <laughs> now so it's just funny to see the progress of our journey as we learned how to engineer and produce ourselves uh like we're fully self-recorded and everything and we just send our stuff out to mix and master so for the first you know from 2019 until 2022 we've only had just two members just myself and my guitarist ethan so this year has been kind of when now we are accumulating other members. Um, nothing's like fully final yet, but we have at least two that we're very hopeful are going to be actively participating in it. And then we'll be able to start generating and bringing out content a lot more frequently. Um, so that is the hope. <laughs> yeah, we're, we do the same. We are uh, also, we record everything ourselves and send it off to be mixed and mastered. Um, we're, we're kind of in a, a similar boat with, uh, not really in the position right now that we're, we're playing a lot of shows again with, uh, as I was kind of telling you before, the reason Hunter is not hosting the podcast is because of more responsibilities and stuff at work. And unfortunately that's also keeping him from being able to do a whole lot musically right now. So mm -hmm. we released our album in January and basically haven't done anything since, <laughs> Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's been a few months of, you know, taking a step back and also more planning and trying to figure out, okay, now what's the next step and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. also trying to figure out, okay, what are some solutions to still be able to get back into to playing more shows with, you know, the restrictions that we have with Hunter's work schedule and all that kind of stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. I, I get that. And um yeah, hopefully you guys get your uh your uh bandmates and are able to play more shows than we do yeah i mean that's that's my dream dude i mean i just love performing i love playing the music that we make obviously like this this whole scene is so different than what it was uh back when we were a band in 2006 to 2011 where back then dude like i'm, I'm not sure how old you are if you if you mind Telling me if you I am 26. <laughs> 26? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> me and Ethan are in our 30s now. Uh still still young at the very bottom 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but um it was all about playing shows and touring. That's the only way you could get your music out there. The only streaming service that was like around or social media was MySpace. <laughs> so it was just a different world. So now we have so much more opportunities with uh, social media to kind of ex get exposure as far as getting our music out there so people can hear it, hear what we're about. And um, it's cool. So the focus isn't going to be primarily playing live shows for us. While I would love to do that, it is probably going to be more of a, a digital thing for now mm -hmm. just because there's, there's a bit of a difference. So I live in the San Francisco Bay Area in California. And Ethan, he lives down in the L.A. County area, so there's like a four-hour difference between us right now. Yeah, that's and... nothing. Our bassist lives like 14 hours away. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we're up in Wisconsin, and she's down in Oklahoma. So. <laughs> mm. Did you guys know each other previously, or? She she used to live here in Wisconsin, and she was in Wisconsin when she first joined the band. Gotcha. She uh she finished her degree, and the uh the best internship she was offered in her field was in oklahoma so you know gotta go where where the money is right yeah of course yeah so, so then you she, can you feel that she travels back home once or twice a year and 
usually tries to to book her times when she's driving back home for for showtime so she can at least play with us every now and then and sure. she writes you know in today's world you don't have to be in the same room to write music together anymore you know mm -hmm. so exactly she, she can record and write her parts and stuff where she is and send them to us yeah that's something that's so cool about like our modern technology and be able to do music is like yeah me and ethan we'll send each other back and forth um the DAW we use is called Reason. So we're sending back and forth our Reason files and we just keep building off of one another's thing. So <laughs> I've even picked up guitar again. So I'm assisting and writing new new songs. I'm like, wow, I didn't think that was ever going to happen. My my guitar is has been at Hunter's house for probably a year now. I mm. haven't picked it up once because it's been at his house and I haven't but I texted him the other day. I'm like, I'm getting the itch to start playing guitar again. Next time you're down here, because he lives 45 minutes away. I'm like, next time mm -hmm. you're down here, bring my guitar with me or with you. Yeah. Are, are you guys pretty tight knit as a band? Like you guys like hang out when you can or when people are in town or what's uh, that look like? I would say Hunter is definitely my best friend. Um, mm -hmm. He's been really busy lately, uh, as I said. Yeah. So I haven't really seen a whole lot of him since like January. Uh, rock, I would consider him a good friend. It's, he's our drummer It's a little bit different. He's in his early forties. So there's a little bit of a, an age gap. So it's not so much, a not as close with yeah. him as I am with Hunter. Maddie's a good friend of mine. It sucks that she's all the way down in Oklahoma, you know, mm. so I don't see a whole lot of her either, but, um, I would say we were closer and just because of distance and people getting busy, we've, we're not quite as sure together all the time as we were, but we're all mm -hmm. still good, close friends. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, that's something that I definitely miss about like <laughs> our old band is, I mean, we were so young at the time, dude. Like we would literally spend seven days a week, like 24 hours a day together because we would just all stay at one person's house and like <laughs> go to school and after school, go straight to their house, practice or do whatever. So it's definitely a different feel, a different vibe but it's really cool to still have this technology. Like you and I are on zoom with a webcam and that's like what me and Ethan do. We'll be on zoom webcam, make some cool music. And it's like, he's in the room with me, even though he's not like it's, it works. It's not the same, but it works, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's we've, we talked about it on the podcast before. There's a little bit of an interesting trade-off in the way that the, the music industry has shifted mm -hmm. is that, 20 years ago, like you were saying, the only way to get any money or get any recognition was to go out, play lots of live shows, get out touring, sell CDs at the shows, sell some t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you can get the recognition without playing the live shows all the time, you know, because mm -hmm. streaming services and stuff, but then the truth. So in with a few clicks of a button, you can get your music in front of thousands of people, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, nobody buys CDs anymore and people don't buy merch as much anymore because they mm. want to be at the live shows and all that to buy the merch. And that's sure the way it is. So like you can get your music in front of way more people a lot faster than you used to, but you don't make the money that you used to playing shows and stuff. So it's an interesting trade-off and people complain all the time that like streaming platforms don't pay enough and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you, you can't look at it like you're trying to make, if you're, your goal is to make money by getting people to stream your stuff on Spotify. That's not going to work. We all know yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
um, we haven't even really dove into that. Like, I don't know what the details are, how much money you can actually make on there, unless you're like Drake or something, pulling in billions uh, of streams. Yeah, on average, it pays like a third of a cent per stream. So for every, nice. it's, it's like every two and a half streams, you get a, a penny. So in a few years, I can buy a McChicken. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll yeah. just put it this way: I in three years as a three and a half years as a band, we've made enough money from streaming to pay for two songs to be mixed. <laughs> I mean, that's something. That's it's, pretty cool. It is. It is. It's something. It doesn't pay for all the music that we've made, but you know, it's something. Yeah, for sure. Um, for at least me and Ethan, like we never had some expectation that immortal construct would be some like you know world famous band or anything it's like like i said start out as a passion project then as we continued to learn together grow write more music and figure things out like they're like i, I think we have something here and it would be cool to get that out to people um that's kind of where we're at so if we can make music in some form a career then that would be a dream come true whether that's being a band itself or you know setting up some type of recording studio and being able to do that service for other people like that would be awesome because it's both what we're passionate about you know well that was the plan kind of for us we were in the process of building our own our own studio and already looking at potentially bringing some people in to record their music and then my wife got pregnant and we turned our spare room in my house into uh, the nursery and mm -hmm. there went that. We don't have the space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is. And that's still, you know, hopefully part of the plan in mm -hmm. the future. But for now, that's kind of on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. It was funny. I finished. I finished the studio like everything. I had soundproofed it. Everything I even turned our uh, the closet into a vocal booth. I soundproofed that and put lights in it and stuff mm. in February of last year. And then my wife got pregnant in March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Man. yeah, timing. Adulting. Oh yeah. Hashtag Jobs, adulting. Ba babies, marriage, the whole the whole yep. nine. <laughs> The older we get, it seems like we have the less time to do yeah. the fun things. <laughs> yeah. So I know you you've I've seen stuff posted on on Facebook from the Immortal Construct Facebook page that you're kind of just waiting on Ryan to get done with Mexican mastering, right? Like your your EP yeah. is is done. Is that mixed and mastered do you have a release date yet or no so everything has been done since the end of last year <laughs> okay so we are sitting on it unfortunately um because we are myself and ethan are not social media people like it's just not how we've ever been um but we want to have our release and our music have the most impact that it can so mm -hmm. we want to do a couple things right kind of in the back burner. Um, we really want to have a music video shot and recorded to present at the same time as release. And that would also require to have the other members, you know, kind of set in, dialed in, all yeah. of us get together, film it. So that that is probably the main um, thing that's kind of 
holding back us just dropping everything because we want to have that. Um, we also want to have physical CDs, uh, possibly some merch, just so it's all there if people want it. Um, I don't fully expect to like sell out merch or CDs or anything, but it would be cool just to have all those things ready for when um, for when our music would drop. So we just have those types of things kind of in the back background. That's why we haven't released. But um, <laughs> I know our release of Genesis, I hope it's not like a, like a tease because that that is the intro song to the album so the bookends of the album genesis revelation i kind of figured that most bands don't put a one minute song in the middle of an album Mm. you know it it had the feel of a an intro track you know Mm -hmm. but yeah if you need uh recommendations and help with merch and cds and all that kind of stuff i do have connections that i can uh send your way when we're done here oh for Uh, sure man ways to get that done easier and cheaper cool but so had a question and then it went out of my brain (laughs) any regular listener knows that happens at least three times an episode yeah where i was gonna say something and then i get off track wow uh well we were talking about just that release process uh cds music video merch um yeah okay so uh, how many do you can you give away how much how many songs are on that uh ep yeah i don't i don't see why not um there's gonna be five (laughs) (laughs) uh with a fully redone version of revelation that that is gonna be improved as well like the breakdown at the end of this new version is just it's just money dude i love it <laughs> so is it is it rewritten or is it just remixed and mastered remixed and mastered with um i mean essentially it's fully re-recorded so vocals guitars everything like it's going to be new it's still the same song um so structurally nothing has changed but it's just it's just a lot better sound wise gotcha. and intensity toward the end for sure it's amazing what a a different uh sound engineer can do Mm -hmm. for you you know um we uh when we were getting ready to release disease which is the album we released back in january Mm -hmm. um we had someone mix the first like seven songs of the album and we sat on them and we're we're listening to it we're like you know it's decent mixes like it's not terrible by any means Mm -hmm. and even to this day if a band starting out was like hey we're looking for a a cheap option someone to mix and master that makes our music something that you don't hate listening to you know Mm -hmm. how many self-mixed guys have you listened to and you're like this is bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know like so if there was a young band starting out that was like hey we we're looking for something that's reasonably priced that we can you know get decent sounding music out i'd recommend him you know sure but we were like you know it's quality wise it's it's a half step down from the first ep we put out Mm -hmm. you know and it was like we really don't want to take a step back so we ended up going back to the guy that mixed our our ep back in 2020 and two years of experience later 
for him too. You know, his, his mixes are even better now than they were back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, all of this, the songs just hit that much harder. And like, it's the, we didn't re-record any of it or anything. We just sent him the same files we had sent the other guy. And they're just like, it's, you can just hear, I mean, if, if you really want to know the difference, you can listen to the single release of our song crowns mm-hmm. and then the album version of crowns and you'll hear the difference because mm-hmm. they're the, the single version was mixed by the original producer and then remixed for the album. And the, it, it just, it punches, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's different. Yeah. So it's amazing what, a uh, a, a good sound engineer can do for you. So like if anyone were to ask, you know, new artists, like what is the the number one thing that you, that I, I should do if I'm going to release my first music ever, that's my, that's what I would tell them is, you know, it's, it might be a little bit pricier. Uh, it ended up cost the, the guy we went with cost us twice as much per song mm. as the first guy, but it was worth it. It's sure. worth it. I mean, it's like your music is like your baby, man. I mean, you, you want it, you want to present it in the best way possible. Like you don't want to put out something you're not fully happy with too. So yeah, that was yeah, the thing totally is that it. we, we, we listened to him and we were like, it's not quite what we want it to be, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that actually happened with, uh, working with Ryan, uh, was, so we presented all of our stuff so we were ready like we had our stuff done recorded like let's say maybe two months after we released our first single and we sent him all of our stuff and as he was going through our files he was identifying a lot of things that we just weren't knowledgeable about as far as how the recording process goes so uh we didn't know what like crossfading was like things like that so there's like a lot of audio pops and glitches embedded within the instruments that you can't just like take out (laughs) so it's things that on his end he couldn't do much about so we basically had to go back and re-record everything (laughs) over and that took like six months just from you know only being two members working full-time uh ethan was engaged about to get married got married and then there's just a lot of life things that happened that just kind of postponed uh different things with our music but that was a main thing of why things kind of got pushed out a lot farther because i originally planned on having it out last year for sure and then once we (laughs) redid everything made it you know up to standard i guess um then we kind of started figuring well let's start getting this other stuff in line too and that's where all of our social media plans are coming coming about i guess yeah that's that's it funny that you say that because that kind of the same thing happened with us is that like i said we had one guy mixing the first half of the album and then we decided to go with back to clay carmody who did uh our original ep and um when he when we released that original ep we had a different guitarist and he was the one doing all of the the recording. You know, I'd go over to his house to record vocals and he recorded the guitars and all that stuff. So he was the 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 engineer of the band make recording everything himself, you know. Mm-hmm. So when he left, then Hunter, 
who he was around at the time. He was Hunter's not one of the original members. There was some crossover between Keegan and Hunter, but uh, Hunter kind of took over that role. And so, you know, we'd send him to our, our sound engineer, he'd mix it and all that. And then when we switched back over to clay, a lot of the stuff, he was like, Hey, can you retract this, 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 and this, <laughs> because you know, there are these issues and we're like, well, the other guy didn't say anything mm -hmm. about those. It's like, well, a mm -hmm. more experienced sound engineer is going to catch those kinds of things. So sure. there were a few things that, yeah, we re-recorded, but 95% of the, the tracks are the same. So I guess I kind of lied a little bit earlier. There were a couple of things we re-recorded. That's fine. You know, so yeah. yeah, it is interesting that you say that because again, uh, an experienced sound engineer is going to do wonders for you. If you want to see the kind of difference that that can make, Mm -hmm. We're good friends with the guys in Amongst the Giants. Are you familiar with them? I'm not. They're phenomenal. So they released in, I think, 2019, maybe 2018. Um, they released their first album, uh, Obscene. And I don't remember who their producer was for that album. Uh, it was... I know he did a lot back in like the early 2000s because mm -hmm. we had this conversation with their lead singer, Brian, and he said, you know, it, it's he didn't do a bad job, but he mixed like the early 2000s, which it just okay. sounds very different from modern metalcore. And it mm -hmm. was kind of missing a little bit of a, the punch that they wanted. So they just released a new EP in 2020 called Desolate Minds. And that was uh, produced like they went into in studio with uh, Kellen McGregor, a Memphis Mayfire. Oh, okay. And he produced that whole album. And you listen back to back, like if you were to pick a song off of Obscene and listen to that and then listen to a, a song off of Desolate Mind, you'd be like, holy crap, is this the same band? Like, mm, you know, it's yeah. the same guys, you know, same band. But it, I I love that that album because I, a big part of it or the new EP, a big part of it is because of Kellen McGregor, who mm -hmm. I love Memphis Mayfire. They were one of my first loves when it came to metalcore. So what's you know, uh what was his role the uh, he's the guitarist and producer for Memphis okay. Fire. so they yeah they do all of their own studio mixing and mastering and everything because kellen does all of it so for sure yeah. so cool. a lot of in that ep by amongst the giants you hear especially because they they don't have a, a full-time drummer so kellen actually programmed all the drums for them mm -hmm. and you can hear it it's like this sounds like memphis mayfire drums <laughs> yeah yeah, and that's really cool. <laughs> um, in our upcoming EP, there's certain uh, elements or sounds that we really wanted to uh, capture too. So, because Ryan has so many freaking connections within the the metal scene, he just hit up the producer for some of Emir's songs. Like, hey, they like the sound of this snare or kick or whatever. Like, what do you guys do? So basically, we have like emir drums in our band like things like that it's like it's so cool what you know people with connections or have a good reputation um can accomplish it's like it's all kind of like a shared community that's just building better music for everybody so that's definitely a cool aspect of music nowadays i i like that in so many industries it's it's competitive uh don't share your secrets because then other people are going to steal them and go do better than you. Mm -hmm. But it, as everything that I have seen from the metal scene in general, 
has been such a a, a brotherhood mm-hmm. almost, you know, where it's yeah, we'll share our secrets. That's cool. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it it helps to to build up the scene and create better music all the way around and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's great. Yeah, for sure. And a big part of the whole social media boom too is like you know, things with like TikTok and Instagram reels, like it's becoming more mainstream to like metal, I guess. And back when I first started, dude, when I was like 13, I was weird for liking metal. <laughs> like I was the one kid in my school who would listen to classic like metalcore, like Haste the Day and uh, Devil Wars Prada, Destroy the Runner, like just classic old like face down bands that uh, nobody knew about. So if I'd show someone what's playing in my headphones, I'd get all these weird looks like, what the heck's wrong with you, man? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, just, and even, like, the more extreme forms of metal, like, as much hate as they get nowadays, because any band that starts to become popular in the metal scene, the fans start to, to hate on them because, like, there's some weird idea in the metal scene that as soon as a band gets popular, you have to hate them, Hmm. you know, is, but you look at like Lorna shore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I being in a band myself, I never paid attention before to like how many monthly listeners a band has on Spotify. I never Mm -hmm. paid any attention, didn't notice, didn't care. Mm -hmm. But then when I started like seeing, hours because i kind of i track all those kinds of things and yeah try to see where we're growing and i pay more attention to spotify than anything else because it's most popular but still once a month or so i go on DistroKid and actually check you know the itunes and the amazon and all that kind of stuff as well mm-hmm. but so i started noticing that in other bands that i listen to and stuff and seeing that and everyone people made a big deal that lorna shore was the first deathcore band to surpass a million monthly listeners on spotify Oh, were they? I didn't even know that. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. But at the same time, so they went from, you know, 300, 400,000 monthly listeners to a million. But now look at all the other deathcore bands around them. All those people that Lorna Shore brought into the deathcore scene because Brand of Sacrifice, they're one of my favorites as well. They were hovering around the 400,000 monthly listener mark. They're at 700,000 or so. And Suicide Silence has gone up. And every deathcore band, Shadow of Intent, they all got a bump in listeners as well because Lorna Shore is getting more mainstream attention. And people go, mm. ooh, I like this. What are other mm. bands like that? You know, so... Sure. Yeah, yeah. Bands like that are really helping to, to draw people into the metal scene as well. And, I mean, let's be real. If it wasn't for social media... Lorna Shore would not have blown up like they did and mm-hmm. brought all those people into the metal scene because half yeah. of the, the people that are freaking out are is because of all the little sound bites, especially of like to the hellfire, you know, and that mm. blowing up all across social media and everything. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's funny seeing like, um, I guess people's relevancy or band's relevancy kind of, grow and shift and like bands take their place like i remember dude suicide silence was huge when i was in high school like they were huge for metal back then which was not huge because they were streaming didn't exist really 
I've seen okay. a lot of people that were like, well, if Spotify existed back in 2010, Suicide Silence would have passed a, hundred, a million multi-listeners. I'm like, well, it didn't. Yeah. So we'll never know. So sure. you know. Yeah. Like the big names back then, dude, it was like Whitechapel, like Phil Bozeman. I think this the vocalist name is like, yep. that dude was the <laughs> Lorna Shore guy back in the day. You yeah, know? right. Like first time everyone heard that guy's lows, we were just like, what, dude? It was crazy. But yeah, I, I do find it funny. So many people, I see it all the time that are like, oh man, Mitch was deathcore God, like with Suicide Silence. They were like, he's one of the greatest vocalists we've ever had. And like, I listened to Suicide Silence. I'm like, he's good, but he doesn't stack up to modern vocalists. Let's be real. He doesn't have as high of highs. He doesn't have as low of lows. Like it just, mm -hmm. it's a different game now. But so many people sure. are like, you know, you get wrapped up in the the sentimentality of it, and you know, uh, just the uh, the word I'm thinking of, I don't remember, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, yeah. you think back to to the bands that you loved in high school, and so many people do that, and especially with Mitch passing away when he did, and all that stuff. So many people like view him as through rose colored glasses, you know, as this great of deathcore and it's like yeah at the time he was but he'd just be another vocalist yeah. in the scene today you know one thing that i'll say like his vocal style was very unique and it was him um and that's something that i've come to really appreciate with uh just a lot of iconic bands like i'll use suicide silence as one barrier dead as one uh lorna shore as one they all have their specific, unique sound. Um, I will fully concede Lorna Shore guy. I forgot his name. What's his name? Will Ramos. Will Ramos. That fool can do everything. <laughs> and it comes out in their music in a way where I'm like, he knows he can do everything. So now he's just kind of playing around making animal sounds. I'm just like, that's not as cool to me. <laughs> like, I fully give him the respect that he is like the best top of the line vocalist probably in our scene right now top top five for sure yeah but i still really appreciate people's unique sounds like mitch lucker or phil bozeman or just every every band themselves they have their own unique sound that something they bring to the table and it's like people are either going to vibe with that they're going to enjoy it for what it is or they're just going to be kind of stuck in this framework trying to compare one guy to another guy when that's like they're probably not even trying to compare themselves because it's just different music, different styles. But I don't know. That's just something I like about vocalists, too. Like, you and I, we're vocalists, so maybe we paid more attention to that, mm -hmm. where drummers might pay more attention to the drummers or guitarists to guitarists, things like that. See, I, I'm i in the the weird, a weird position of I'm always comparing my vocals to someone else. <laughs> always. And I always mm -hmm. feel like I come up short, but, you know, it is what it is. Um I'll say this though, use that as motivation to learn or to build your own vocals. But like, if you don't sound like Will Ramos, that doesn't mean you're a bad vocalist. Oh it's no, just... <laughs> I, it, it, it was also the last couple of years have been challenging for me as well. I, uh, toward the beginning of, at the bottom of the beginning of 2021, I honestly think it's something to do with something that has to do with COVID, mm -hmm. um, some sort of, I mean, quote unquote, long COVID, what they call it, um, is that I, my body 
produces way too much mucus if that's not too uncomfortable. <laughs> so I constantly have phlegm in my throat that I cannot clear. I Does even saw a doctor help with Lowe's or is no, that hinders? No, hinders. Okay. That has sucked away my high screams. Oh, like they're, they're crap. So like, if you listen to the down with Leviathan EP, there are a ton of highs in there. Mm. If you listen to disease, there are full songs that I don't do any highs, mm. you know? And so I even saw a doctor about it and they didn't really have anything for me. And, so I had to really adjust who I am as a vocalist in, in the process, you know, and all that. And so there was, there was a point for about six months where I just felt really, I, I was honestly thinking about quitting. I was like, mm. my highs are gone. My mids are weaker than they used to be, you know, but I'm sorry. Was this before or after recording your guys' most current EP? Before. So this, we released Down with Leviathan, our first EP in 2020. Then at the beginning of 2021, I got COVID. Okay. And ever since then, I my vocals have not been the same. So for about a couple months after I had COVID, I was like, yeah, I'm still recovering, whatever. It, you know, give it time, my vocals will come back. And they didn't, mm. you know. So for about six months, I genuinely contemplated just calling it quits because I felt like I didn't have any, I didn't have it anymore, you know. Mm. And... Somewhere at the end of 2021, I was like, you know what? I still have my lows. Let's focus on that. You know? Mm -hmm. So I spent some time really working on the lows and trying to find other techniques of doing high screams. So I, I, my highs were all fry screams. I, I cannot do a fry scream anymore, period. It just comes mm -hmm. out as squeaky air. <laughs> you know, okay. like it just nothing comes out. So I had, I, so my highs are somewhat back. They sound very different than they used to, you know? So hopefully in, so there are a few in disease, but I still wasn't feeling great about them. So I didn't do a whole lot of them. Hopefully I can mix some more back into the music that we release in the future. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was a very challenging time as someone who prided himself on his vocals and a very humbling time, you sure. know? Yeah. But <clears throat> what that did do is it forced me to focus on those lows. And right now I have a little side project that I'm working on with a friend to do more deathcore style than mm -hmm. just blue fire Horizon is more metalcore. And I, I hold myself back on some of that just because it, I don't want to go. They don't, the rest of the band does not want me to go full deathcore vocals sure. on it. So, you know, if it wasn't for the, in my inability to do those highs anymore, forcing me to focus on those lows. I wouldn't have the, the gutturals that I do now because it forced me to learn a bunch of other techniques in order yeah. to, to make up for it. So yeah, I, I, I still tend to compare myself to vo other vocalists all the time. And I hear vocalists do certain things. I'm like, no matter what I do, I cannot sound like that, you hmm. know? Because I know the technique you're doing, and I know I can't do it. Period. I could practice as much as I want, but I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. The you funny know? thing is, dude, I can't even begin to try and describe how I do vocals. Like, I don't know if my vocals are fry or not fry. I know that from my first band to now, I, I scream a totally different way because I had to relearn 
essentially. I can uh, tell you right now, okay. when you do your screams, are you producing that sound with your throat or with the soft palate in your mouth? No idea. Okay, well, that would give you your, the answer then. Okay, never mind. I guess I can't tell you. <laughs> I just go based off feeling, man. Just like when I'm trying to learn certain types of screams, I'll just listen to a band. Like I'll use Miss May I as an example. Because I never used to be able to do mids. Like it would come out very unclear. Like you can't articulate mm -hmm. what I'm even saying. And I just started listening to like old Miss May I. And I just kept trying to copy it. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I could do it now. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I don't know how I'm doing it. It's just, it's all feeling based, which is kind of funny. It's like even within the last month or two, I started listening to uh, Lorna Shore made a cover of uh, uh, Recreant by Chelsea Grin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's insane. It's way better than the original. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't Lorna Shore. That was just Will, just Ramos, Will Ramos and Nick Nocturnal. If you know yeah. who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so that and, uh, Dang, what's that guy's name? It's not like, oh, Alex the Terrible Wabantian. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is that Brand of Sacrifice? No, that's uh, Slaughter to Prevail. Slaughter to Prevail. Uh, Kyle Anderson is the vocalist for Brand of Sacrifice. Okay. So I started listening to them a little bit, and I'm like, I just know like that's not a level that I can achieve, but if I really keep trying to imitate and just think about it, then I can get closer and closer. But something interesting that you kind of kind of touched on is like yours was more of a medical thing that kind of shifted how your screams are. But if I really start focusing on one type of vocal, then my other ones start to deteriorate. So if I only try and learn the lowest deathcore gut rules, then my highs start to pay a price, which is weird. It's like my range doesn't necessarily expand. It just shifts around. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep mine kind of within a zone that I can hit the proper emotions at the right time and not just focus too much on one, one or the other. So I, I listened to revelation. Obviously there is no clean singing in Genesis. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, do you do any clean singing? There will be in the EP. There's two okay. songs that have um, some tasteful, cool spots where <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like the music that's out right now just paints such a narrow picture of what the full band actually is going to be releasing. So it's exciting to me, but it's also a little sad because like I would like to just drop all the music, but I want to do it the best way, you know, which yeah. maybe there isn't a best way, but this is kind of like the consensus of what the direction we want to do. Yeah, and with the way the the music industry has gone, it's gone more in the the route of singles and EPs than it has full album drops. Mm -hmm. Because you that's how you gain traction on social media. Every time you release, you gain traction. Mm -hmm. So it's all about um quantity mm -hmm. of releases now. So like if it, if I could go back now and re-release disease because that was a 12 song album and we released four singles off of it, which means there were eight new songs on it when it dropped. If I could go back and redo the timetable, I would drop six or seven of them as singles and then drop the album. And I know yeah. there are a lot of people that complain about that, you know, 
that oh, why why do bands do that? I mean, when Memphis Mayfire released uh, Remade in Misery last year, or was it the year before? I think it was the year before. Either way. And they released like eight or nine of the 11 or 12 songs. And so when the album actually released, there were like three new songs on it. And that was it. And everyone was like, why, why do that? Well, that's because they get a bump in streams and in social media following and all this stuff every time they release new music. Sure. So if you can you could release two singles and get that bump twice and then drop 10 new songs. Or you could release eight of them as singles and get those little incremental bumps every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. That's the way the music yeah. scene is going now. Yeah, for sure. That's something that me and Ethan were recognizing. Cause it's like, I mean, the intent was to have the whole EP out last year. And then as it's rolled now into this year, the one year anniversary of releasing a single it's like dude i don't want to be releasing at <laughs> one song a year like that's not that's not what we want to do so we're like we just decided on genesis because it's going to be like the bookends of the ep mm-hmm. it's something new it's it is somewhat of a new sound to just revelation because revelation is a little more death y than it's probably the most death core song that's going to be on the on the ep um the other ones have more of a mix of genres in them. Uh, but Genesis is just like a quick, like beat down shows a little of a little, like, you know, guitar sweeps at the end with some leads, but like, it's more of just fun. It's going to amp you up for what's coming. Um, and that was kind of the intent behind the song, as well as like the lyrical, uh, direction of setting the tone of like immortal construct. I guess. Yeah. Um, so something that I can share uh, coming up for the EP, it is it is kind of like a, a themed EP. It's going to tell a story. Um, Genesis starts, uh, I don't think the lyrics are like live yet, unfortunately, on Spotify and stuff, but we have a, a lyric, well, not a lyric video. It's like a visualizer on our YouTube that has lyrics in the description. Mm. But if you read it, um, Genesis being obviously the first book in the Bible and Revelation is the last book of the Bible. Essentially, it's also a play on um, Genesis is the beginning of my testimony, essentially. So when I first came to faith, this is what I was feeling. The uh, the emotions is very powerful, strong, like very bold in your faith type of thing. And the the way that this album will continue to go on, or the EP, is each song is it's kind of like an arc. So it's telling the story of my own testimony or my Christian experience. But I hope it's relatable to other people. Where uh, starts off strong, uh, you're you're bold, you're uh, on fire in your faith, and as you know, years go on, struggles, trials, uh, difficulties get introduced to your life. And it's a matter of just how you're dealing with them. And it kind of shows this arc of like strength to darker, darker, darker. But at the end, revelation ultimately is the, you know, the culmination of Christ coming back and redeeming the world and eradicating evil forever. So it still ends with hope, but the tone of the uh, whole EP will shift darker and darker as it goes, which it's just fun. It's cool to tell stories in that way. And I hope people can relate to it. To a certain degree <laughs> sounds like a good time to me <laughs> yeah i i like darker <laughs> mm-hmm. sure so 
you know, and I, I like, I like the, the storytelling as well sort of thing. I mean, I, I enjoy any music, but I, I, it, when an album is cohesive and tells one story or conveys one idea, I, it's just, it, a lot of the time bands will release a new album and I start to get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a millennial. It is what it is. We get tired of <laughs> stuff quickly. And sure. Gets worse in each generation after us. But, you know, and that's again, part of why bands are shifting into a different way of doing things. I mean, if mm-hmm. looking at disease, the first song on the album is cannibals. Mm-hmm. It has literally three times as many listens on all platforms as the last couple of songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the number of streams, it's almost linear from track one to track 12. Yeah. You know, there are some that are swapped here and there and all that. But for the most part, it's linear. One has more than two, has more than three, has more than four, has more than five. And, you know, so what a lot of time I find myself doing that too, but three, four, five, six songs into an album. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good with this. You know, mm-hmm. it's those albums that convey one idea and that all really flow together and work together. Those are the albums that keep me all the way through. You sure. Know? Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like, even just using your own example, like if you split, let's say your last album into four EPs or something. It's like, I I don't know. Like you could just retain more attention spaced out kind of like what we were saying earlier with, I don't know, just piecemealing it, I guess, you know, or just giving people a shorter burst of things to enjoy at once rather than, you know, like you said, people's attention span kind of drifts off after a certain number of tracks. You know, each song deserves its own attention. Like you spent a lot of time on it. Like it's personal to you, I'm sure. So it's like you want people to enjoy what you made. Um, So you want, I guess it's just a matter of figuring out what's the best way to do that to get people to hear something that you're passionate about that you made. Exactly. And it's sad. The title track is the last track on the album. Mm. And the i i how i don't have you re- really listened to the album it's fine if you haven't <laughs> i i have listened through um cannibals is my favorite for sure okay um so the whole album is somewhat of a concept album so okay. the idea is each song addresses what we would call different illnesses either in the church or in the world hmm. and so cannibals addresses essentially interdenominational fighting we Christians, we can't get along. You go to a different church than I do. You have slightly different theological views than I do. Well, let's fight about it, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. So um, then song two is prosperity, which addresses the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think we need to go into that. We all know what prosperity gospel is. Yeah. Uh, song three is progress, which is about quote unquote progressive Christianity. Um, song four is on my own which addresses the far too common struggle with pornography use and the absolute lack of discussion and help there is within the church for Mm. that. Song five is Condemnation, which is about uh, Christians viewing themselves as holier than thou, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Um, Song six is kind of the in-between 
track. So the original idea for disease was to split it into two different EPs, six on one, six on the other, mm-hmm. and then so release them digitally. And then when the second EP releases, sell CDs of the album as a whole. Okay. We ended up scrapping that idea. We just went with the full album. I kind of wish we had stuck with that. And so Crowns was song six. And that was like the transition one because that's like a worship song, basically. It's the one mm-hmm. that kind of doesn't fit with the rest of the album. From there, it goes on to Graveyard of Hope, which is about depression, which is more of a, a issue in the world than the church. And then Where I Can Hands is about suicide and so on. But Disease, the title track, is essentially the story of the prodigal son. Mm. And in that song is the most straightforward gospel presentation of any song on the album. And I hate so much that everyone pays all the attention to the first half of the album when my favorite song, at least lyrically, is that one right there. You know? Sure, yeah. And it's, <laughs> like, I listened to that one. I'm like, man, this one, like, I poured my soul into this one. Like, this is my mm-hmm. my own story. And it's, you know, the it's the story of the prodigal son. And it's, you know, just... What the, the chorus is, how far can I run before I've reached the limit of grace? And how far can I fall before I'm too far to reach? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it in the end, Ben Dixon, which I almost feel like his feature was wasted. Like, I feel bad for Ben that we had him on a song that no one listens to, you know, because yeah. it's right at the end of the album. And it's, I don't know, that song just not many of my own songs. Like, you you write songs, and when you write, you put your heart into it, but then like it doesn't elicit the same emotional response that another person's song might, Mm. you know, does, does that make sense? Yeah. But even still, like I listen to, to disease and I'm like, man, this song still hits me. Like, (laughs) you know, and I I should make a video for it, bro. Like, I really wish that we had done that, like split EP and released them like three, four months apart. Mm. Cause then maybe that song would have gotten more attention, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, shoot a music video for it. That's going to boost. Like everyone wants to connect and see like that type of media. Like you can show your emotions through that uh, medium. Like you're performing the song that's uh, most meaningful to you. And I think that will come out. And like, that'll be a cool way to, you know, boost back attention for the album, especially the later songs that people may have missed. Cause it, that's always such a cool feeling when you go through an album, let's say you lose attention but then you come back to it later on and you discover new hidden gems that were on there that you didn't realize were there before. So I think that it's still, it's not like it's abandoned hope for the rest of your songs (laughs) toward the end. There's just different ways to go about and bringing people back to it. Yeah. I'd record a music video for it, but uh, one thing money, (laughs) you know, we barely, managed to fund the album itself to get it mixed and mastered and order CDs and all that kind of thing for the the album itself. Then mm-hmm. add on top of that, the cost of a music video eh, that wasn't really in the budget. Sure. <laughs> we, all, we already, I about, we did some pre-sales and some crowdfunding and stuff and we managed to raise maybe 25, 30% of the funding for the album, but the rest of it ended up coming out of pocket. You know, sure. mm-hmm. so it is what it is. Live yeah. and learn. I don't think that we'll ever, unless we get 
huge and can go a couple years between releases and stuff. I don't think we're ever going to release another full song, full 12 song album or anything like that. You know, sure. but, but I don't even think that's necessary anymore. Like we were no. already discussing. And it also depends on, I guess what you guys goal is as a band, like career wise. So the original talks with immortal construct was my goal has always been to be on face down records. Like, just cuts because that's all my where all my favorite band favorite bands were growing up and it just be more of an nostalgic accomplishment it's like that's just a goal that I had but through talking with um you know ethan and other band members like if you can self-engineer self-produce do all that stuff it's like then you're not bound by any contracts and you're self-sufficient so it's like most um most labels want you to do full length albums. But in like, you know, what we're discussing, if you're doing just multiple EPs more frequently, you're probably going to keep people's attention longer, especially if you continue to progress as a band and do well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know the back end of the music industry, unfortunately. I don't know how bands are paid when they're on labels, if it's still the same thing just with a contract. <laughs> so you're still broke. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that in general, labels aren't as important as they used to be. Mm -hmm. They still serve a purpose depending on the label. There are a lot of bands that sign to labels just because they think that's the way that you do it now. And that's mm -hmm. just because that's the way it's always been. But um, look at, I'll just, uh, Brand of Sacrifice has been brought up. They're completely independent. They they don't have a label. They're, they mix and master their own music. They do everything DIY as much as possible. You know, and that if you can do that, that's the way to go Yeah. nowadays. You know, you can because you don't have a, um, a record label taking cuts of things. Mm -hmm. You know, I you especially like small labels starting out, they take massive cuts of yeah. everything. Every label takes massive cuts of the profits and there's a, a trade-off, especially the way it used to be. The trade-off was always, well, that's how you get your music out there. Exactly. If you don't have a label, there's who's going to push your music. How are you going to get your music out there? Mm -hmm. So that's the trade-off is they get all the money, but they get your name out there. Well, now yeah. with social media, yes, Labels still have connections that you don't because people who have the connections with bigger names and other things like that are going to get you more reach, but mm. you can do more by yourself than ever before. So yeah, if, if you ever get offered a record contract from a label, really think and consider on it. We've been offered a couple different contracts and turned them down just because it just yeah. You can do way more on your own. So unless it's just the the right fit and it's the right price and the right everything, mm -hmm. you know, look at Impending Doom. The reason they released uh, Hellbent as an EP was that that satisfied their record contract with the label that they were on. And then they went in, they're independent now. They don't, they're mm -hmm. not on a label because they, they fulfilled the requirements of their contract and they wanted to go independent after that. So that's what they did, you know? 
the the music industry is shifting more and more towards independent artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting time to be doing music for sure. So different, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, I remember back in our other band, like we were able to get on some some shows to open for like big bands at the time. Like we got to play with the Great Commission and uh, Creations. Um, who else was on there? Maybe Barrier Dead was on that show. I don't. I don't remember. But like we just got lucky with being able to open for bands like that. But if you're on a label, typically you'll be able to get on some dope shows because you'll just be touring with the other bands on those labels. Um, See, the way to do it now is that instead of signing with a label, mm-hmm. hire a uh, a booking agent. Mm. Find an, mm-hmm. a booking agent that you know they'll they'll get you on your shows and stuff with other artists and that's the thing is that a lot of uh record labels they use booking agents the label itself a lot of the time is not the one doing booking all the tours yeah they have they use x booking agency to to book all their tours so a lot of the time if you can hire a booking agency uh they'll get you on shows with bands from the labels that they they work with you know mm-hmm. kind of thing so yeah again and then you keep more of the profits because the record label's not getting money from your merch and from you know all your sales and all your streams and all that kind yeah. of thing you know so <laughs> sure and <laughs> i'm sure it's different from label to label but i'm sure we've all read or seen the horror stories of like I don't know, different bands. Like I read it. I think I watched a documentary on a day to remember. Um, I don't remember what label it was specifically, but it's one of the top, the big ones that just people do not want to work with much anymore just because how bad they got treated. Yeah. And it's like taking all their profits and whatever. And it's like, I don't know, but they, that band's famous, bro. Everyone knows a day to remember. Right. <laughs> so even if they took a lot of their profits, it's like, I don't know, they kind of, it worked for them, at least at the time. See, we got an offer, and I'm not going to say from who, because I'm just not going to. Sure. Um, and it wasn't a bad offer, you know? Could you elaborate what those offers look like without, you know, saying who? Like, I don't so, know if that's... Sorry if that's, like, stepping over a line. I'm just curious. No, so, like, a lot of it... The one specifically that we had was a two album contract. There wasn't a a time limit on it. Like it had to be in three years or anything like that. It was Mm -hmm. once, you know, we've released two albums with them. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was, you know, they'll pay for mixing and mastering. They'll pay for studio time. They'll pay for, you know, merch. You know, if we're going to go out on tour, they'll pay a thousand dollars to have merch printed up for us to take on tour. So that's great. You know, you don't have to put all that money into it. So like for us, we paid like eight grand when all was said and done to release this last album. Sure. We wouldn't have had to pay all that. Had we been on a record label. Do you have to pay it back though? That's the thing is that you pay it back. Yes. They'll, they'll give you, they'll, they'll, spend a thousand dollars 
to help stock merch for you for the these shows. And I don't remember the exact numbers, so I, I might be wrong. And if any representative sure. from that record label is listening, I'm sorry if I get the numbers wrong, but it was like 75% cut for them. Of what? Of the, the merch until it was paid back, okay. you know, and then it was like they get like a 15% cut beyond that because that's how they make their profits is, you know, once you, so if they pay $1,000 for merch, they get a 75% cut until they make that $1,000 back and then they get a 15% cut beyond that, you know, because that's how they make their money and all that kind of thing as a, a label. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's nice, but like for us, we're, we are in a cycle where we have, we're stocked on merch. And when we play shows, which we haven't done a ton of, but let's say mm -hmm. we sell 27 t-shirts at a show. Well, I just take that, the money that we made and order 27 more, you yeah, know, sure. kind of thing. So you're not in debt to anybody. Exactly. That's, that's the thing. And that's the, what we all talked about is like, yes, it would be great to not have to pay all these costs up front. But we have the freedom to uh to not have to do what a record label tells us to, you know? Mm -hmm. And we don't have we're not in debt to a record label and there's one band out there and I'm not again, I'm not going to I don't I'm not going to name names yeah. because it's personal business, but they have been, they're signed to a record label and they have been sitting on a fully finished album for like six months hmm. that due to certain stipulations from the record label, they won't release it yet. Okay. And it's like, man, that sucks, <laughs> you know? And yeah. like, I, I, I know the, the guys, you know, so I, I know more than what the average person does. And again, not going to go mm -hmm. into it, but like, it makes sense why the label is holding off on it. But at the same time, it's like, that's gotta suck to just sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until you can release it. You know, that's how I feel right now, man, <laughs> <laughs> but I have the control. I could just upload right. it right now. That's but... the thing is you still are in control. You don't yeah. have a record label saying, no, we will not release this yet. Period. Yeah. Like it's not happening, mm. you know? Sure. So, yeah, there are some good things about record labels because if you do, if you don't want to pay the upfront costs and stuff, a record label can handle that for you. And again, they do have more reach, you know, like the, the, the rec, one of the record labels that we talked to the same one I was just talking about, they had connections with different magazines and different promotional companies and all that kind of stuff that I don't have connections with. Mm -hmm. You know, so yes, they could probably do a better job of pushing our music than we do by ourselves. But in the end, we'd rather take the trade off of, yeah, let's not be in debt to a record label, you know? Mm -hmm. So it all just depends on the, the offers and, you sure. know, what it is. And yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> Like you said, I think the consensus is being able to do it on your own. If you can be self-sufficient, it's the best way to go. But there's still something about it. Like <laughs> maybe it's a pride thing or it's like, I don't know, just my own goals. Like it'd be so cool well, to say you're on a signed band, but like it doesn't have the same effect as it used to back when I, I was like a little kid. I know another 
another band. Um, I'm friends with one of the members of said band, actually former member of the band. He's not with them anymore, probably in part because of this, but was that they were offered a, a, a contract and he was the only one that didn't want to sign. You know, he was like, the rest of them, from from his side of the story, I don't know the rest of the members. I don't know any of the other members, just him. Yeah. But was his? it was basically, he was looking at the contract while the rest of them were looking at it. Oh man, we get to be signed to a label. We've made it, you know, kind of thing. And it was, it was a pride thing of being able to say, yeah, we're a signed band, you know, like, mm -hmm. because there's, there's almost like a, feels like there's more legitimacy to it then you're yeah. you're more than just another underground independent nobody you're mm -hmm. you're signed you know you made mm -hmm. it kind of thing which let's be real some of these tiny little record labels are <laughs> yeah you might as well be independent <laughs> exactly <laughs> but, yeah and i think i think that's part of why he left that band is that they all agreed and they signed it you know except for him he didn't agree and didn't want to sign it? So, been working out yeah. for this other band yes say that again has it been working out for this other band or is it kind of just whatever? it has not <laughs> okay um that's unfortunate but. yeah so it is what it is you know there's like you know um there are good good labels out there i know like we spoke with the guys from rottweiler records and they are they've reached out to you every christian metal band out there it seems you know and uh jarius is he's the owner he's a really cool guy totally transparent in the way he does business and stuff and like he we talked to rottweiler and it was just kind of a yeah it's it's not really for us you know kind of thing so like not to t i'm not trying to like talk bad about labels like it's all yeah. dirty and underhanded i mean and the, they're they're there as a business they're there to make money as well and there is that trade-off that some people do may say it's worth it to, you know, well, we don't want to spend a bunch of money to release this album. So let's have the label pay the money up front. And yeah, we'll give them 80% of the profit for now, you know, and we don't really make any money off of it at first, but you know, it's worth it kind of thing. So like, yeah, some yeah. bands, and I, I know a lot of guys that for that example are signed to Rottweiler and they're all very happy with Rottweiler, you know? So like not every... Rec not re most record labels aren't out there to rip you off and steal your money mm. kind of thing, but you got to be smart about who you sign with and when and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, is Blue Fire Horizon your first band? It is not. Um, okay. Uh, my first band uh, I got kicked out of back in high school. Um, that's that was always fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was the drummer actually. Okay. I looking so at the time I was like, wow, these guys are crap friends. I hate them. Like we were all pretty close, you know. Like these are terrible, awful people. I hate them so much. And now I look back, I'm like, man, I had just gone through a breakup, and I was a pissy little. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? And I'm like, yeah, I I see why they were getting so annoyed and frustrated with me. Mm -hmm. So like I get it, you know, now looking back. Then I was um the drummer for another band. They were a local cover band. I was only with them for a few months because their original drummer quit and um I was friends with one of the, the guitarists in the band and he was like, "Hey, mm -hmm. I 
I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. I came in and played with them for a little while. Um, but this is definitely the the most I've done with any band. Sure. Um, first and first you, time I've done. You're playing shows. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're playing shows with the other bands and stuff too. So you, you got like experience some doing yeah. all this stuff. Some, yeah. Yeah. Nice, dude. This this is the most involved I've been. This is the first band I've ever tried to let do any of the booking for and stuff. I you know, I was pretty much the the background guy. I was the drummer. I just kind of sat behind the set and did mm-hmm. my thing, you know. So I'm more I'm pretty much the band manager at this point. Yeah. You know, I run the social media, I book the shows, I'm the the contact, the one that answers all the emails that, you know, all that kind of thing. So And you got the podcast and <laughs> Yep. You guys That's, are doing a lot for sure. Yeah, I, I wish I wish we could do more, but with four members, three spouses, you know, thrown into the mix, six kids and yeah. two mortgages, and you know, most yeah. the four of us, you know, life life gets busy and Absolutely. it is what it is. So, you know, if we could do more, that'd be great. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely feel it. <laughs> like it'd be so cool to be able to do this stuff full time. But I don't know, especially in California, man. No. I'm I would not want to live in California. We were just having a discussion in the the Blue Fire Horizon Discord server that uh-huh. like because we were talking about like gas and egg prices and stuff. Oh, because one of our uh Fans created a playlist on the spot on Spotify that was like help them buy bread and eggs or something. And it's just like a bunch of smaller bands and stuff for people to just listen to and stream, you know, kind of thing. Dude. Just, yeah. Um, and um, someone else in our Discord server was like, hey, can I get in on that on that playlist? Cause I need money for bread and eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause he's like, Yeah, eggs are like five dollars a dozen where I live. I'm like, that's terrible. That's that probably terrible. just sounds normal to me now, unfortunately. <laughs> that's see, that's the thing is that here in Wisconsin, it's like a dollar seventy for a dozen eggs. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. We so in Wisconsin, we're pretty much smack in the center of like cost of living for the United States. So like mm. we're certainly not deep blue state expensive like New York or California. Mm. But we're not super cheap cost of living or anything. Sure. Um, it is what it is. We pay three forty a gallon for gas and you know dollar seventy for a dozen yeah. eggs. But yeah, man. That sucks, dude. Like since inflation's been going up, California wages are not matching the the growth rate of everything. So it's like over the last few years, I feel like I've been getting like a, a cut in my wages rather than raises because everything else is well, ridiculous. I like, mean, in, uh, inflation is like 8% year over year from last year yeah. to this year. So unless you got an 8% raise, no. you, you're, you're making less money now than exactly. you were. Like, like, I, was, I was thinking back because I was going grocery shopping and it's just me, my wife, and our four month old son, which he, when it comes to grocery shopping, the most there is, is maybe, um, 
he's still breastfeeding, but we give him a little bit of formula as well, just to, because my wife just doesn't produce quite as much for sure. him, you know, but it's like, so he, we spend maybe like 15 bucks a week on formula for him, you know, it, when it's all said and done. So, and it was like $140 for groceries for basically two people. And I'm like, mm. I remember my mom having a hundred dollar grocery budget to feed a family of seven. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> like sure. what happened? Granted, we're not quite as careful as my mom was back then, you know, but like at the same time, I don't care how careful you are. You're not feeding a family of seven on a hundred bucks a week anymore. Yeah, dude, there's no way. And dude, just like places to live out here are so ridiculous. Like a one bedroom apartment can run you over two grand a month. That's it's like, yeah, like that's normal, dude. Like that's not even like, oh, that's expensive. It's like, that's that, what you should expect. <laughs> that's over three times my mortgage payment. Well, I'm very jealous. <laughs> move, move to Wisconsin. Well, now, that I don't plan on staying in California forever. That's for sure. I don't know when I'll be exiting, but like, dude, it's just not feasible to be here. Granted, our we got our house at the end of 2019, right before the housing market went, you know. Mm. So, like, I was looking up more interest rates and stuff now, and the the like. Current uh, mortgage interest rates are like 7.6%, which mm. is nuts because our our interest rate is 3.99%. So interest rates are like almost double what they yeah. were when we got our house. So like our mortgage payment would be a lot higher now. And if we were to sell our house now, we could sell it for like one and a half times what we paid for it. And then build your studio. Right. Well, that's the thing is that if, if we sold it now and bought another house, we'd end up paying those high interest rates and paying more. So we're yeah better off just staying here, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a huge house. It's actually a very small house, but it's our house. So, you know. It's better than no house. Leaky basement and all. <laughs> yeah. We don't even have basements down here or out here. It's like a weird thing. I I know my brother, he lived down and he and his family lived down in Texas for a while. And he was saying the same thing is that they, they don't have basements down there. I'm like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. <laughs> Cause that's more of like a, was that for like tornadoes and stuff or what's the purpose of basements? Just extra storage. <laughs> that's a good question. Cause I really don't know why, what the real purpose is like, yeah, we use it for storage of stuff. Cause Again, it's leaky in our basement. So we just have all of our our storage and plastic bins down in the basement so that if the bins get wet on, you know, the floor gets wet under them, it's whatever, mm. you know, but yeah. 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 Dude. Um, I feel bad for you, though, living in California. I would not. I would not want to. There's a reason U-Haul will like pay people to bring U-Hauls back to California because so many people, there are no U-Hauls in California anymore because everyone's taking them to leave the state. That would explain why U-Hauls are so expensive. <laughs> yeah, They're it's ridiculous, because U-Hauls are one way. You know, if you want to move from Wisconsin to Texas, you get a U-Haul from here in Wisconsin, drive it down to Texas and drop it off at the nearest U-Haul 
in Texas, you know, and that's just the way it works. But no, but everyone's leaving California and no one's coming to California. So everyone's mm -hmm. taking U-Hauls from California, other places, and there are no U-Hauls in California. Yeah. And that's kind of like an interesting thing where California used to be the place people want to go, whether for whatever reason, right? It, it is a beautiful state. There's a lot of things available, like close by, like I can drive two hours to the snow, less than two hours to the beach, two hours, you know, it's just everything is available. I, I live like technically NorCal, but it's kind of like central. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's cool for that. But most people, when you leave, you don't come back. It's, and not a lot of people are coming in anymore. So it's, yeah, it's just like a mass exodus, uh, whether that be for political reasons or for uh, just cost of living. I, the two are very much tied together. Let's, yeah, let's be real. <laughs> That's why it, it kind of sucks when, uh, Places like uh, Idaho and Texas, like they see California license plates and they're just instant hate. They're like, we don't want you. It's like, <laughs> bro, come on, man. We're trying to get out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I remember seeing a video on Facebook one time and it's like Texans when they see Californians moving to Texas and this dude's like, yeah, you, you're welcome here. Just leave your crap <laughs> ideals and all that stuff in California. Don't turn Texas into California. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. yeah, it, I hope, I hope that's not going to be the case when people leave. I want to think it's mostly conservative people that are moving out, but you know, it could just be a money thing for a lot of people. I so. think a lot of people it's the cost of living is high and they don't get why the cost of living is high. So they move somewhere else and then both for the people there that are going <laughs> to, Make the cost of living expensive where they are. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting dangerously close to talking about politics here. It's one oh, of those yeah, things. Hunter and, Hunter and I have talked about it on the podcast before that technically we have never said where we stand on politics, but anybody that knows us and has listened to the podcast enough is absolutely, they know where we stand on politics. Sure. I mean, you yeah, know. we don't even need to get into it. It's just, it's all self-explanatory cost of living and... <laughs> like, I don't know if other people live here in California too. You know what San Francisco is like. You know what LA is like. Like, you, it's just, you just drive around, you see it. So, yeah, nothing more needs to be said. It's just well, our states have our issues, and I'm, I'd rather live somewhere else. <laughs> I'm worried about Wisconsin turning that way. The state we just had our April elections on the fourth mm -hmm. for the. Uh, for a couple things, but the biggest one being uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court. And uh, one of the uh, candidates, basically their entire uh, campaign was based around trashing their opponent and make abortion legal in all circumstances, no matter what, let's make it easy to get and yeah, legal in any circumstance. And the state, by far more majority than I would have hoped, voted for that candidate. And that's who we have in the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Uh -huh. So that was very disappointing from my uh, fellow Wisconsin residents because it wasn't even a, it really wasn't even that close of an election. What, what, uh, I guess, party does your guys' state swing toward? Like, is it in the middle or is it conservative? Democrat? My whole life, 
it's been a deep purple state. It's been Wisconsin is a swing state. Okay. As for quite a while, it was more toward the right than to the left. It was still a swing state and still a purple state, but a little bit more toward yeah. the right. We had a conservative Republican governor for quite a while, but I don't know the last five, six years or so. It's like, it's taken a hard left turn sure. in this state. So I, I don't know the, I don't even know if I would call it a, a purple state anymore. I think it might be getting pretty close to being a blue state. Okay. And what if that has to do with people moving there? <laughs> Who knows? I think it has to do with, that's just the way that our country is going yeah. in general. Is the states that used to be more conservative, even though even the, the ones that are still heavily conservative are less than they used to be. And yeah, it, I'll ask this. Um, so bring it back toward like music. Um, for your band, are you guys like, would you just blatantly say like Blue Fire Horizon is a Christian band and that's primarily like the content of music lyrically and everything that will be produced from the band? So we've had this discussion a couple times recently on the podcast is okay. that um, quite. Fairly recently. Um, so we had this discussion on the drive uh, to Pit Fest in October, uh, which drive down, that's in Indiana. So it's about a five hour drive. And we had this discussion and came to the, the determination that, you know what, let's drop the quote unquote Christian label from the band. Up to that point, if you go on Facebook, it says Christian Metalcore Band from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. If you go on Spotify, it says Christian Metalcore Band from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and so on. Everything. Mm -hmm. But we want to present the gospel in all of our lyrics. I have seen a lot of people that the second they click on any of our links and see Christian Metalcore Band, they don't even listen to it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to. It says Christian. It's like, so as a band, our goal is outreach. Sure. We want, there are some people, some bands that they make music for Christians. And some of our music, yeah, it's geared toward Christians, but our goal is outreach. We want to reach the lost with our music. Mm -hmm. And if, so if people, the first thing they see is Christian metalcore band, a lot of people will discount it right away and not even listen to it. So how are we mm -hmm. supposed to reach people with our lyrics if they don't even listen to it at all? So our goal is more to hook people in because, oh yeah, I like this music. And then the lyrics start to sink in and they start to process it a little bit. But by that point, they're hooked on the music and they already mm -hmm. like it, you know? Exactly. So I would say, yes, we are a Christian band. We just don't really promote ourselves as a Christian band. Um, we've taken a bit of a step back from pushing our faith on social media we certainly do and it's no secret mm -hmm. it's just not quite as much because i i really want the music to hook people first and then the lyrics to hit them later you know sure so that's that's kind of where we stand yeah. i don't have an issue with a band that wants to put christian metalcore band in front of everything because great stand up for your faith let people know that you're christians 
And that's the thing is that anyone that listens to our music for more than 30 seconds is going to know. Like, exactly. We, it's not like we're hiding it. You know, it's not like, oh, let's let's I'm scared that people are going to like not like us because we're Christians. I don't know. You know, no, our lyrics are blatantly Christian. You know, yeah. anyone that actually looks at what our lyrics are and stuff is going to know pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just that we want to make sure that we have a chance to hook them with the music first so that they actually like it because you can't really reach them with the lyrics if they don't listen to it at all. Exactly. I think that's very well put because I don't know. It's so weird that some people just have an issue with that dude. Like I know like in the forums and stuff, people just fighting each other about like, are you Christian band or Christians in a band? Or <laughs> Like bro, they're the same thing. First of all, <laughs> But like, even for Immortal Construct, even let's say with the four members that we will have potentially, I'd be the only Christian in the band. So why would I label Immortal Construct a Christian band if it's just me? I just happen to be the mouthpiece. Yeah. So I'm going to write what's on my heart. I'm I'm not going to... Good. Similar to like Saving Grace. There's five of them and only two of them are Christian. Mm. Yeah. So like... I plan on primarily writing things that will relate to the scriptures or the gospel, but not every song may fit that. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's still going to fit this framework where I'm not going to be like <laughs> dropping some f bombs and stuff. Yeah. But like, but like, there's just certain things I want to talk about, like depression. Uh, some we have a political song that's going to be released, not on this EP. Um, it, it's just I want to write what's on my heart it's an outlet for me. It's a big mm. thing. And like scriptures say, I mean, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So mm-hmm. of course there will be tie-ins to scripture and to the gospel within our music. But I would say our EP as it stands will, at least right now, it's going to be pretty outspoken. Like you're going to read the lyrics and be like, dude, okay, they're a Christian band, but <laughs> like that's, that isn't what we're promoting. But I know like, we're going to find the most connection within this, I guess, sub culture right now. Mm-hmm. But the goal is for everyone. Like we want everyone to hear what we're about and not just be segregated to one group. And like you said, that we don't want to turn people off from hearing before even giving a chance. Yeah. Um, it's just smarter that way. I mean, I don't know about you. But there isn't a lot of success that I've seen from street preachers on the curbs with their picket signs bringing people to the gospel. But gospel is <laughs> usually received through relationship. Well, you never know what will happen, too, with the other members. Because uh, Ebler from Collapse Survive was telling us um, they have four or five members. Um, but one of their members, and I don't remember who it was, was not a Christian. The rest mm-hmm. of the band is, you know, or are mm-hmm. Christians whatever um and he was not he was part of the band he didn't care that all the lyrics were christians you know and all the other members were christians and they market themselves as a christian band and all that but after a while of being with the band and seeing the way the other members handle themselves and hearing the the message in the lyrics and you know talking with keebler and stuff he he made the commitment to come to christ that's awesome time and you know you never know that how how that could all turn out (laughs) you know sure so exactly it's on you to be the the light of the group and you know 
Absolutely. Um, is that band signed? Class Revive? No, they are not. Okay. Um, that, I've I'd listen to them a little bit. They're, they're pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I they're I don't remember if it's an album or just an EP that they released a few years back. I don't know. That wasn't quite for me. Uh, it was okay. But then like everything they've released since then, um, they've released like four singles since then. Dry Bones, and then Kairos, and Wide of the Mark, and then Unleavened. Those last four singles they've released have Dude. all been like, better and better with each one. So Yeah, Dry Bones and Unleavened. Those things hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. So, yeah, he's been on... Keebler was, has been on the podcast quite a few times because there was a, a time where we were having a hard time booking guests. So he actually joined us as like a, a temporary co-host for a while, you know, is he the vocalist? Yes. yes. Okay. Really cool dude. Really cool guy. Nice. It's great to hear him and Hunter talk theology because they're very <laughs> different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> mm, interesting. So that gets kind of fun watching, uh, People are make fun of Hunter for being a Calvinist all the time. That's fun. <laughs> so your band member would be Calvinist then? Or yes, Hunter the opposite? is. Okay. Yeah, Hunter's a Calvinist. Hebler uh, very much is not. <laughs> I feel like I've seen you post uh, opposite spectrum stuff. Um. Yeah, so that's the thing is that I'm more like to stir the pot and make fun of people in general. Mm -hmm. If you were... Hunter and I agree on 99% of things. Sure. Most people, if they heard me talk and a few topics didn't come up, I think most people would probably assume I am a reformed boy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I do it more to stir the pot. Okay. Especially since I, I call Calvinists the vegans of Christianity. They're, they're not happy unless they're telling people that they're Calvinists, you know? So Calvinists are such an easy target sometimes because you post one anti-Calvinist thing and they come out of the woodwork to argue with you. And it just makes me laugh when I do it. So I do it more just to, to poke fun at them because they're... I wonder if know. that... That's interesting. I feel like we don't have that out here. At least the... Uh, I don't know how to word it. Like... I mean, I'll, whatever. I'll be kidding. I'm I'm Calvinist, but uh, okay. I don't think there's a lot of churches in our area that are not. So I, I don't know if there's just more of a debate that happens online, or if it has to do with like where you're at in the country, like if more are somewhere else or somewhere else. But I don't know. That's, I just think it's kind of funny. That's the thing is that when I sit down and actually discuss theological views and stuff. Most of the time, I agree with the Calvinists on a lot of things, you know? Mm. So I, I don't hate Calvinists. Some, some of the things that I say may, you know, <laughs> lead up yeah. people to think otherwise. But, you know, so sure. I, Calvinists and Catholics, those are, those are fun to make to poke. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. I feel like you guys have made a pretty good uh, marketing campaign with Blue Fire Horizon. <laughs> poking the bear the, the self-deprecating stuff yeah just yeah. like 
Dude, I, I mean, it it's working great for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I still don't remember when and why I started doing that exactly. And when I first did, I had a ton of people like, ah, "It's hilarious," and our following actually like went down a little bit before it went up because mm. there were a lot of people who are like, "What is this band doing? Like, what what happened? Why are they making fun of themselves?" Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But in the end, it's been worth it because our following has gone way up. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dude, it's exposure. It's funny. People know your guy's name. That's for yep. sure. <laughs> there, there are a lot of people that know who we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but that's cool that like you guys have built this platform that you're in right now and um, expanding into different areas like this podcast and like it's cool to see that. So I applaud you guys for what you're doing. You guys seem to be on a good track and know what's up. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk just one a little bit about uh, um, the lyrics of Genesis because sure. the the way this works, we're gonna play that song at the end of the podcast for people to kind of get a taste of your okay. music and you know, so they get an idea. They'll that whole one minute song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but uh we, it's an we intro like to, so everyone's right, clear. right. we we do like to try to dive into the lyrics a little bit because again you know yeah you're a christian you're right yeah this is a christian podcast we're, let's let's talk about the lyrics a little bit you know mm-hmm. so why don't you dive into the song just a little bit sure let me bring up a specific passage in genesis first okay which i should have had prepared ahead of time <laughs> <laughs> So give me a sec. It might take a minute to find. I'll just Hunter still does all the editing for the podcast because it doesn't take him that long. I'll send him a note to cut this. Okay. Silence. Cool. Sounds good. I know I'm in the right area. Almost there. <laughs> okay, I found it. Okay, so just I'll just read the lyrics that I have and then I'll go back and tie into yeah. like where the song really is. So lyrics go ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Satan you will be crushed. And then it'll go into, we were all born to this world through blood and pain. We were all slaves shackled to the dirt like dogs without a name. And then it proceeds. This is not the truth to me because of how I was raised. This is truth because he's living, breathing, manifesting inside of me. And the song ends with that verse in John that we started with. Um, at the podcast is saying, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears his word and believes him will have everlasting life. So um, I think it's cool that we have Genesis tied into Revelation because in Genesis 3.15, the verse says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. 
he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So ultimately, I'm sure we're all aware of that's like Jesus will er eradicate Satan at the end of time when he comes back. And it's right there in the beginning. First book of the Bible, Genesis, it's right there. And it's there in Revelation coming to fruition. So it's cool to have that fronted in the album as the first song and have Revelation already out so you can see the beginning and the end. And now the story is what's going to be in the middle. And that's kind of where, you know, this album is for me. That's just how I've written it. That, that's cool. <laughs> that is interesting uh, to release the the last song and the first song before the rest of it you know mm -hmm. like that's i don't know that i've seen other bands do that you know because there's a lot of it is like keeping the suspense don't release the last bit of it but that's the first thing you sure. released it's kind of hard to do that with the gospel because uh we already know what's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um do you watch this show the the chosen i have not okay well highly recommend it it's dope um you know it's about generally yeah i I choose to not watch or consume media that's like like the chosen where it's biblical stories where they're expanding on it and retelling the story. It's like if I want to know the story of Jesus and his life, mm -hmm. I have the Bible. I don't sure. I don't need I don't want to take like not really the risk, but like I don't want to have incorrect ideas because I saw a TV show. Sure. You know, kind of thing. So like I can understand if I, it. If I want a, a Bible story, I'll read the Bible. <laughs> you know? Sure. So the reason why I bring it up is because that show is still it's not finished. It's in like season three or season four. And it's like, well, we know what's gonna happen. <laughs> like it's not like we have the script here <laughs> so it's still it's still exciting to see the journey whether or not you know the beginning and you know the end what happens in between is the meat of things typically so with this upcoming ep it didn't it wasn't always planned this way but it's just kind of been that way where how we wrote genesis and revelation they just happen to be the bookends of what's going to be in between so once we finally do release the uh, the EP, then it's still going to be exciting, especially Revelation is going to be a new new version. It's going to be better. So it's not like you're just, you know, hearing what you expect, per se. I My brain went off on a different track for a second because I was just thinking, you know what show I would watch, though, is if they did a story about Jesus' life. But... It, in the show, they make reference to, to Mary and Joseph sleeping together after Jesus is born just to piss off the Catholics. <laughs> is that a thing? I mean, he has brothers Catholic, and sisters. Catholics believe that Mary stayed a virgin her whole life. They also believe that Mary had no pain when she gave birth to Jesus. They also believe that Mary was sinless, born without original sin, and never did sin. Um, okay. They got a lot of ideas about Mary. But yeah, they believe that Mary and Joseph never did sleep together even after Jesus was born. So I want them to like remake a show like The Chosen, 
but in it make sure it's obvious that Joseph and Mary are sleeping together because you know they're husband and wife they have other kids yeah, yeah. although Unless Catholics will tell adopted. you that they're Jesus cousins okay but yeah so that right. that I would watch just to just yeah. to mess with the Catholics anyway <laughs> yeah sure that'd be funny watch reactions <laughs> uh, I can just imagine the the backlash now of what that would be like but no the guy who plays jesus in the chosen is very much a hardcore catholic mm -hmm. yeah they wouldn't do that on the chosen <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it'd play out kind of like your your song cannibals the outrage <laughs> Well, so anything else that you would like to uh, share with our listeners? Any other fun information about you guys? Anything else upcoming? Or um, I can share like kind of the origin of our band name, I guess. Yeah. And that's a little something that we've never talked about. Yeah. Um, Ethan's wife actually helped uh, make the name because we were kind of brainstorming. Originally, I wanted it to be truly, truly. Because uh, that, that's an idea that I've had for a long time that I was kind of experimenting with other projects that, like, I just like that. Because whenever in the scriptures and the gospels, Jesus says, truly, truly, he's about to drop some bombs, like, pay attention. <laughs> um, so that was kind of that, the heart of where that came from. Um, See, I was, I was raised on the NIV, which I, I don't really use the NIV anymore, but that's what I was raised on. And it's mm -hmm. always very truly. Mm -hmm. In the NIV, it's always gotcha. very truly. I tell you, not I truly, see. truly. I tell you, but I'm a big ESV boy, so I I'm an NSAB guy now. So. Okay, for sure. Um, so we're just brainstorming for uh, band names, and one came up as like immoral construct. It's like, well, <laughs> that ain't gonna that ain't gonna fit. How about immortal construct? <laughs> it's like that sounds cool, but the meaning that it's like taken on at least for me is this where the immortal construct is like the entire collection of redeemed souls that will be with the lord in in the new heavens and the new earth that's so like you and i like we're part of the immortal construct we'll be in the new kingdom with god forever so it's like we all get to participate in what this is what this band like represents for me so it's just cool to think about that. Like we're, we are immortal beings, whether you believe in Christ or not, but we get to be built up into his kingdom forever and ever and enjoy his presence for all eternity. That's where that comes from. And that's it. I think, you know, that's all I got. Well, for our listeners, make sure you go follow immortal construct on facebook do you guys have instagram or tiktok or anything else uh we have instagram yeah okay. facebook instagram youtube uh spotify apple music um uh, hunter always throws the uh all your links and stuff into the description of the the episode so he'll make sure all of that gets in there and uh this is the song genesis by mortal construct thanks for joining you can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod. 
and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Ashes to ashes, and dust to dust, Satan, you will be crushed! Arr-